Let's check in on the standings and check if there's actually life for the Charlotte Hornets to get a top six spot. Plus, we do a health check as well while the Charlotte Hornets have a couple of tough games on their schedule the next few contests. We'll talk about all that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast. Also, check us out on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, Walker Mail, Doug Branson, LOH, and at Locked On Hornets. Standings check, Doug. I was watching KJM. Ooh earlier today I love a good standings check well this one is a pretty good one especially with where they've been so far at least in the last couple of months so I'm watching KJM they look at the standings they're talking about the Brooklyn Nets what's uh what's KJM Keyshawn J Will and Max uh-huh. Hor- horrible horribly named show right radio <laughs> has has deviated from trying to come up with the name and they're just strictly going with the names of the individuals and so it was first Keyshawn J Will and Zubin and uh-huh. then Zubin like had the weirdest tenure ever it was there wasn't there not there anymore Stephen a smith doesn't want max on first take anymore they got to like hey where are we going to put max let's just change the z to the m boom we got a radio show in the morning for espn listen i know we i know we got to talk about the hornets but i just have to say this if you have not heard Stephen a versus mad dog russo on first take you are missing the closest thing in sports talk to to art it is art it is comedy. It is high comedy. It is art. Yo, know, people hate that stuff. I get it. If you don't want to it's, ingest that, no, 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 no. What I know you hate, don't. You, me and you are no, different a little bit in that regard. No, listen. I don't know. I hate the fake version, but they take it to such a level mm-hmm. that it reaches into an absurdity that that I think is comical. I'm not even hearing the argument. I'm just listening. It's almost like listening to a symphony orchestra tutti all the instruments playing at the same time, it's it's breathtaking. Well, no, it is breathtaking. And even more so, like Stephen A. Smith has refined it. Mad Dog was the OG to just yell into the mic, and that's what got popular. Stephen A. Smith has tweaked this a little bit, but he's wildly popular for a reason. He, his cadence, his inflection, man, like his solo radio stuff. The Stephen A. Smith show I mean, there's a reason everybody wanted to call in and mix it up with Stephen A. First take, there's a reason that is the driving force of revenue for ESPN, along with the NBA contract. But Stephen A. Smith's first take, man, there's a reason that is prime time, baby. Anyways, the GOAT at debate shows. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets. That okay. KJM, so originally named, was uh, talking about the Brooklyn Nets. And the Brooklyn Nets are actually the nine seed right now, Doug. The Charlotte Hornets right. are the eight seed. Now, they're both tied at 32 and 33 apiece, Okay, but the Hornets do own the tiebreaker. And of course, they play tonight, the Hornets and the Brooklyn Nets. And so if you check at the seventh seed, that's where the Toronto Raptors reside. Remember Toronto, they make a couple moves at the trade deadline. Toronto's playing really well. They own the Hornets a couple of games. Then they get destroyed, I believe right after after the All-Star break. It was the first game back. Mm -hmm. First game back, Hornets just destroy them. Raptors are three and seven in their last 10 games. They've lost three straight. 
The Hornets are now two and a half games back of the Raptors in the seven seed. All right, Walker, great. You're saying if everything breaks right for the Charlotte Hornets, they could climb all the way up to the seven seed. Awesome. Here's a cookie. But wait, there's more. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they're five and a half games uh, up on the Hornets. You know, uh-huh. it's a lot for the six Seems seed. Seems like a lot. With that, not a lot of games left. But okay. they just lost Jared Allen. This is a team that has lost a couple of people this year where, uh-huh. you know, it's kind of like they've just got the bad juju surrounding them for whatever they, they can't. Well, that's, Tor- that's Toronto, by the way, as well. Yeah. They, they've lost three in a row. And I asked I asked the host of Lockdown Raptors why. And it's mm. because they've lost three key pieces, two of which are, are shooters on a team that doesn't have a lot of shooters. So we talk about injury issues with the Hornets. Yes, there have been injury issues, and it's affected, I think, their defense and their ability to pass the ball sometimes, but they haven't lost their shooting, and that's what happened to Toronto, and that's why they're within range of the Hornets. Yeah, that's why that win against Cleveland was huge, and in fact, Cleveland is coming off of a win against the Raptors, 104-96. to They're going to play Indiana tonight, Cleveland is. So I'm just saying there's a pulse. I don't think that they're going oh, we, to. Oh, oh, so we're oh we're chat we're doing a standings check and a pulse check. We're doing both. <laughs> I love this show. We're we're doing a lot of checks. We're actually going to check on the pulse of Jalen McDaniels and Gordon Hayward to see how they're doing. We're going to do that later on. I'm just saying there are signs of life. There is water on Mars. There is a way to at least figure out, make up whatever, a path to a top six spot if you were so inclined to do so. There is life out there, as the the wise sage Reba McIntyre said in the in the nineteen nineties. There is life out there. Uh, no, I believe. Did she it. say uh, that? That's something Reba. I don't even know how you know Reba McIntyre said that. Well, because I am a sneak fan of nineties country. I grew up. Uh, not a lot of people know this. I grew up in Rowan County, which is uh, somewhat north of gaston county uh, mm-hmm. which i also grew up in but i d- i've spent some early years in rowan county early 90s years where we would crank the radio up high to some reba mcintyre some 90s country i'm a sneak fan i love the cheese i love the storytelling uh there's there's a lot there i know it's not for everyone but it's for me okay. point is reba mcintyre said there's life out there there's life for the Charlotte Hornets right now, and I believe it. I know hope is a dangerous thing. I know some of the commenters, anytime I get hopeful in this show, the commenters on YouTube say, be careful. They care about us, Walker. They don't want us to build up all the hope. That's what you've gotten from the comment section? Yeah, they they care. (laughs) That's what what you've received? Okay. Some of them, some of them really genuinely care about our well-being and they don't want us to get hopeful. But I'm telling you, I can't help it because they're starting to find that groove again. And they've shown they've done it before. They've beaten the Brooklyn Nets before. They've beaten the Boston Celtics before. They've beaten a lot of good teams. And their points differential is starting to improve. They they are they are finally almost about to be in a positive point differential. Even when they were you know, briefly in the sixth seed uh, for just a brief moment there, they still had a negative point differential because they've been on the wrong side of blowouts. They've also been on the right side of blowouts, but right now their point differential sits at negative 0.3. Toronto Raptors at one, uh, Cleveland at 3.4. Here's something crazy as I do this scan of the standings. Right. The Chicago Bulls, okay, fourth in the Eastern Conference, 39 and 26. They have a point differential of 1.4. That's crazy. It's DeRozan hitting all those game winners. They're actually, they should be they've losing. They've lost five if, in a row. Wow. If, yeah. Chicago on the 
on the slide. They're reeling, man. Yeah, Chicago, no longer the one seed, no longer the two seed like they used to be in the Eastern Conference. I want to take a look a little bit beyond those two games that the Hornets have coming up against Brooklyn, against Boston. We'll get to that in just a moment on the other side of the break, not before we talk about that online. Football might be over for the year, but basketball, full steam ahead, both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. I don't think I'm showing signs of life right now. I need to get it together with this read. <laughs> BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. They've got your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, plenty of stuff to go check out on BetOnline. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Schedules check, health check, lots of checks. Coming up next, Lockdown Hornets podcast. Where's my check? You are listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Main character for American Psycho was Patrick Bateman, which really confused me. I always thought that Jason Bateman was Patrick Bateman and that Patrick Bateman was Jason Bateman. (laughs) It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I feel like that was me being the angel on one shoulder in the first segment. I'm going to go a little bit more devilly on the other shoulder in this segment. I wanted to provide some hope, but also we have to be realistic in that it is the Brooklyn Nets. They're just getting Kevin Durant back. If Ben Simmons is good, big if. I haven't seen him play in a while. But if Ben Simmons is really a good fit for them, if they lift this mandate in New York City, which I don't know if there's any talk about that, what like what's how soon that might happen for them. But there are a couple things that could break the right way for Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. And they have Kevin Durant, right? Like they just lost to the Boston Celtics. That was Jason Tatum going off. Either way, we know Brooklyn has a ton of talent. So, you know, it's going to be tough to keep ahead of Brooklyn. But I will say the next games after Brooklyn and Boston, you're playing New Orleans a couple of times. You know, you're also playing Oklahoma City. You're playing Atlanta, who is not who's not been very good this year. And and they're really disappointing. You also have New York after. So New Orleans, Oklahoma City, Atlanta, Dallas, New Orleans, New York, and then Utah after that. But you have five games in a row at home haven't played well at home because they've been tough opponents, but can the recipe for success be okay? Spectrum center, uh, spectrum center and playing some teams that are like 500 or hovering around. Like, is that the right recipe for success? Maybe. So look, maybe I did go on one shoulder than the other, but I feel like there, there is some good and some bad to look with this. (laughs) There's a lot of shoulder, a lot of shoulder play there. And I appreciate it. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, the Hornets right now are using their shoulders because they're being physical, because they're doing something right (laughs) now over the past couple of games, and really since the All-Star break. Despite the the embarrassing loss to Detroit, they've been consistently since the All-Star break playing a more physical brand of basketball, especially when it comes to rebounding the ball. And, And I really, it seems like it's a focus for the organization right now when you hear uh, the players after the game or during or during the breaks during the game talk about you know what's what's going to be key to their success. Th- there's more mentioning of rebounding right now. It seems to be something that that James Borrego has them focusing on. So I got curious and wondered if rebounding is a you know a particular um, you know predictor of Hornet success. 
So I went to the advanced box score section of NBA.com. I sorted it by rebounding percentage. So this is the percentage of available rebounds that the Hornets get. And it definitely is a predictor. I mean, of the um, of the top, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, of the top 11 games in rebounding per, uh, percentage for the Charlotte Hornets, they have won 10 of those games. And, and including the, the win against Toronto, the win against Cleveland, and uh, if you scroll just a little bit further down the list, that win against San Antonio, all uh, high rebounding percentage games. So, and and that's because you know rebounding and defense oftentimes are are pretty linked together. If you can stop them, you have an opportunity to get a rebound. And so, I think you're you're seeing the Hornets really lock in and and get those available rebounds and turn that into offense on the other end. Yeah, I, it, I, James Brago has talked about it nonstop. He's been asked about it a couple of times. And those two games against Detroit and then Milwaukee, where you get out-rebounded mm-hmm. by 20, you know that that's going to bring up, oh, yeah, this is a glaring problem. We need to fix it, even with the roster that we have at hand. But they've been talking about it a lot, for sure. Well, and let me run down the defensive rating in the in the we'll just cap it at 10 here in the top 10 games for rebounding percentage for the Charlotte Hornets. Let me just run very quickly down the list of defensive ratings. Okay, 91.2, 105.2, 107.8. Here's an outlier, a December 15th game against San Antonio, 117.3. Man, San Antonio, when they play the Hornets, they just shoot lights out. Uh, 105.7, 113, 96.1. That was the win against Oklahoma City. 93.5, that was a win over the Washington Wizards. 101, 93.1. And that was, that 93.1, one of their best defensive performances of the year, that was against the Brooklyn Nets all the way back on October 24th. That's called Full circle. And I believe Kevin Durant was on, was playing at that time. I lose track with when Durant is healthy and when he's not at this point, all the nets, but I believe KD was playing in that game. If I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm wrong either way. Scrolling. I'm scrolling. That would help. Yes, he did. And he had a hell of a game, right? He was minus 10 on the plus minus, but he had 38 points, five rebounds, three assists, one steal, 17 of 24 from the field did limit him to only six, three point attempts. The big player from that game for the Hornets was Miles Bridges, 9 of 16, 3 of 5 I remember from that 3, game. 32 points, 9 rebounds, and 2 assists, 2 steals, Did, and didn't, blocks. Didn't he have like a great dunk in that game? I think, you know, which is like everything. I know that's very vague, but I think yeah, he had got to narrow it down. I mean, the big <laughs> yeah. dunk, the one dunk that I remember from Miles so far is the one that he had against Memphis where he reached. Yeah, that was fun. That was the how, you know, the the famous Eric Collins. Was it how or Al? That's right. Uh, I, despite what Eric Collins says, I th- I still think he said how. He was still wondering how Miles Bridges reached so far back to yam that sucker in there. Just just take the loss, Doug. Like he told you, he loved you. You got to win even with the loss. Just take the L. Like you don't have to take two wins in that. Just take I'm gonna the look, L. I want to look and see if he had he had a running dunk shot. So this is probably it here. The running it was dunk off a steal. Shot. Yeah, he, he takes James Harden's cookies. Harden's not running back. Oh, no. 360 hammer. That there's there's the dunk. There it is. Yeah, I thought that there was one in two-handed that game 360 
ham jam. How many mm. how many times have we seen? You like Miles? jam on ham? Do you like you do you put a, you like a little sweet on your ham? Do you put some? Do you put jam on a ham sandwich every once in a while? I am a big fan of the crazy jams, like you know the spicy jalapeno. Like if you want to put some like you know make it a little saucy, you know not just your run of the mill fruit little jam. Tuscan little Tuscan tomato jam. Grape, grape sounds phenomenal. I'm a huge fan of that. You know when you go like I'll go to Mass General Store in Boone and then I'll load up when there's a bunch because great selection. Shout out to Boone. For putting Shout together all the great General jams. Store. Yes, they are the Miles Bridges Free of stores because the jams are crazy, and I'm a huge fan of it. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do a health check. Hornets PR putting out some pretty good news about Jalen McDaniels. Gordon Hayward, Ooh. still the same thing. We'll talk about it coming up next. Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time. And I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Is it weird that we've brought up jam and jelly like actually pretty frequently on this show? I mean, does it all stem from slam dunk conversations? Because I've been called an uncultured savage a million times because I think Nada doesn't like that I like grape jelly and then calls me that because strawberry is clearly, quote unquote, superior. But there's been a lot of talk about jelly and jam, and I'm not exactly sure why it pops up so often. No, I tell you, it stems from the fact that we record this show around in in Nashville time, it's 947, mm. and in Charlotte time, it's 1047. Still around what I call the soft middle of my food day, it's a, it's a little bit removed from breakfast where I've gotten the hunger engines moving but not totally satisfied because I don't really like to go heavy breakfast. It weighs me down for the day. But then I, I really struggle in that period between breakfast and lunch, the, the sort of brunch zone, uh, to, to you know, I, I get hungry. And so when we tape this show, I'm always, always thinking about food. You go heavy so at look- diners though, right? You like to just load up biscuits well, and on, gravy. Yeah, right. That's, that's, on va- that's on vacay, Walker. Vacay <laughs> Doug doesn't abide by the normal workday Doug food rules. You know, mm-hmm. workday Doug has to, you know, be not sleepy at 10 a.m. Uh, and, and firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I'm usually just huge breakfast. Just give me the eggs, the bacon, biscuits and gravy, all of that. Or I just really don't eat breakfast. Oh, not a great thing. Sorry. It's not not the biggest thing for me. No, I wasn't reacting to you, although I'm sure what you said was disgusting. I was (laughs) reacting to something else that was disgusting, which was I'm still watching Bridges plays from this last game against Brooklyn, and he hit this 25-foot, three-point step-back jump shot on Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant had no... He did not want to guard that shot. Just are you, are dirty... you so hold on one second. You're, you're telling me as yeah. we're really trying to do a pod, Ooh. you're sitting there watching highlights Ooh. from previous games. He just went, he just went, yeah. we've lost Doug. Um, can I interest you in an injury update? Doug? Yes. Injury update. We've got other games to play. I'm back. Pay attention. Pod with All me. Right. Um, Gordon Hayward out for this game against Brooklyn. James Booknight out for this game against Brooklyn. Jayla McDaniels. Out, questionable right, no what? no no Whoa. no you jumped the gun too soon it's because you're not listening ankle sprain questionable is what he's yes. listed he was doubtful in the game against the spurs and now he's questionable so pretty Progress. decent news considering they've been losing you know they got cody martin back he's been playing for uh, maybe a week couple weeks now ever since all-star break and then 
Now you get Jalen McDaniels on the mend, could play tonight against Brooklyn, and we'll see what happens with Gordon and James Booknight as the uh, season goes on. But how big is that? Like if Jalen McDaniels is in the lineup tonight or just really going forward once he starts to get integrated back into the rotation, how big is that for Charlotte? It's huge. I mean, I agree. I think it's huge, yeah. He's somebody that not only represents what he can give you on the court, which is length, it's defense, it's, um, you know, I mean, he was turning into a savvy offensive player too, somebody that could hit two-point jump shots, which has been a struggle for the Hornets this season. I mean, they've they've been, you know, living and dying by the three alone. And, and you know, say what you will about Gordon Hayward and whether he lives up to the contract and Jalen McDaniels and what you feel about him, but, I mean, they can hit two-point jump shots and – Um, That is not the most important thing for an NBA offense at this stage of the game. But when you're talking about, you know, beating good teams and good defensive teams, it actually is super important. I mean, Phoenix is one of the best teams in the NBA and they make a living hitting two point shots. Uh, So that's that's what he represents. But he also represents just an extra body. I mean, they need to get these bodies back in here. McDaniels and Gordon Hayward. Um, you saw what a difference getting Cody Martin back played. I mean, he was, you know, he's back to his old self. And defensively, he was huge in that game against San Antonio late. Um, so all of these players represent more defense, more connection, more veteran play, and more bodies for James Borrego to utilize and give some other guys a little bit of a breather. Everybody they get back is huge. Allow me to interest you in some Jalen McDaniel stats on the season. Oh, yeah. Hit me. Take that for data. 39 games. You going to Fizdale me? I'm trying. I okay. got to pull it I went, I saw you go for Fizdale. I'll give you this. I'll give you this real quick. Yowza! <laughs> Perfect. Just when in doubt, go to something random. For all right, all right. I'm ready. Go ahead. All Get right. me. 39 total games. Take that for data. Shot 49% in those 39 games. from. Take that for data. Sorry, I was a little early on that one. We're, we're getting used to this. We'll get a rhythm. 37% from three on 2.2 per game. Take that for data. effective field goal percentage. Take that for data. Ooh. Really efficient. Like, and this is someone that had the shot last year from 3-2, but then it kind of went away, I believe, at the as the season kind of went on for him. Only shot 33. But I always believed that it was real. Like, kind of showed a lot of improvement in G League, was really good down there. And then they kind of put him in the mix at the end of the season where they really just kind of leaned into the youth movement. And then last year, you get LaMelo Ball. He's better than expected. You have Gordon Hayward. Clearly, expectations, Mm -hmm. they're different. This year, Jalen McDaniels makes a little bit of a different jump. And we've talked about him doing more stuff with the basketball in his hands. That's there now. Um, But, you know, defensively, I think he's huge for this team, too. Like, And then offensively, when he's that efficient and defense, he's just a perfect role player. I mean, that's like I'm not getting it twisted by thinking he's a top four player on the team, not even really a top five. But. He certainly is a top three defender on this squad. You could argue that he's the best if you really wanted to. And being that efficient, I I think it would be huge for him to come back and get a rhythm as the season dwindles down in the regular year. Yeah, I would say that like Jalen McDaniels isn't important from in the same way that Gordon Hayward is. Like Gordon Hayward's important because you you can play him every single game and you sort of know what you're going to get game to game. He was scoring 18 points a game, you know, again. I, I have issues with Gordon Hayward and his, his current fit and, and the contract. Sure. I got all kinds of issues. But he scores 18 points a game. You know what you're getting from Gordon Hayward. 
pretty, on pretty good efficiency, like actually on pretty good know, efficiency, pretty damn right. good. Yeah. But what Jalen McDaniels is different. He's a utility tool. He's somebody that you can bring in in certain games in certain situations and also get a little bit of efficient offense. You know, he's not going to kill you in that area. He also, for me, represents, you know, th there have been many times since McDaniels and Gordon Hayward have been out when the Hornets have had to go to a bench player. I don't want to pick on Kelly Oubre, but it has been Kelly Oubre to take like 12 or 13 shots. And yeah. if he's hitting those shots, Hornets win. If he's not hitting those shots, it's a lot more difficult for the Hornets to win. So if, if on a night where Kelly is obviously not feeling it and, you know, he starts to go three for seven or two for seven, those the remaining shots can shift over into McDaniels and you might get a little bit more of an efficient output. Yeah, here's something interesting with Jalen too. I know we're kind of going deep divey on Jalen, but I'm just kind of continuing <laughs> so to look at. I the can stats. just see the I can just see the YouTube view numbers cascading, <laughs> cascading up. Is, do you want love to put, the, love the Jalen talk? Let's put him as the thumbnail. But you look at the on court numbers for him and the on off uh, on off net rating. Like they're plus three with him on the court. The on off numbers for him per 100 possessions. The Hornets are plus four you know, with Jalen McDaniels. And also here's something interesting too, just a weird stat. Like I'm just going to be the nerd boy kind of looking at some of these other stats. He had 23 shots blocked last year. He's only had three this season and he's only played eight less games, like just not getting blocked at all. And last year he had 23. I think that's, that's weird. You know? So when you talk about him and you look at maybe like the three point shot, you know, he took 37% of his shots from three last year. He's taken 43 this season. So it's an uptick, but still to have, you know, a 20 block difference. Like I, I still think that's pretty well, remarkable on so. a team on a team that has struggled to make good paint decisions. Right. Jalen McDaniels has been a player that you can depend on to not harm you offensively. He's not going to be a player that you can depend on to all the time, help you offensively but he's not going to harm you offensively. Um, so I, I hope he plays. Uh, I would love to see McDaniels get back out there. Um, it's it's interesting because this is the first time that McDaniels has had any kind of ankle injury, which is crazy to think that a player that, is, that has played, you know, all through, I'm sure, AU and, you know, college and now has not picked up an ankle injury. So it'll be really interesting to see how he recovers from an injury that he's had for the first time in his life. Um, so I'm, I'm cheering for him because, uh, because he's an awesome player to watch. What, speaking of things to watch Walker, what are you, what's the one thing you're going to be watching mm. in this game against Brooklyn? We've hit the kind of 30,000 foot. We know how important this game is for the Charlotte Hornets, but what's the one, is it a matchup? Is it a stat? Is it a thing? What's one thing you're going to be watching for against Brooklyn? Well, I mean, I, I think for me, I I'm going to continue to look at the rebounding, because if you have three games in a row where you're at least neutral or better than the opponent, then that's a nice string of games to put together. At this point, we're it's it's all like putting so much stock into two games that it's happened, right? Like mm -hmm. that's small potatoes. You know, it can can you give me three and then continue that improvement on the rebounding side of stuff? Because that's something that you know Brooklyn they don't have this monstrous big guy like Philly does. Like Milwaukee, you know, was huge. You know, even with Detroit. You've got Isaiah Stewart down there. Isaiah Stewart, you know, that's what he's going to do. He's going to try to gobble up all the boards as much as he possibly can. At, at least Brooklyn doesn't have that. You know, when they try to figure out the center stuff, you know, Blake Griffin, you know, like LaMarcus Aldridge, Nick Claxton, you know, you can you can have those battles where you get the boards and <clears throat> maybe even win that matchup against them. So I'm going to continue to look at that and see 
if that is something that correlates uh, into a Hornets win and if they can just continue to start, um, you know, at least having those matchups be even. Yeah, Brooklyn, not a great uh, defensive team. They haven't been able to figure out that end of the floor. Um, according to Cleaning the Glass, they're 24th this year in points per possession on the defensive end. Um, so, I, I mean, I think this is a game where if the Hornets play with pace, they can put up a lot of points on on the team. And then it's it's about, you know, I don't know what you can do against Kevin Durant. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm, I want to watch the matchup. Who does James Borrego decide to put on Kevin Durant uh, in, in different quarters? I mean, I think obviously Miles is going to get some time on him, but – you know, will will we see McDaniel's? Is that somebody? Is that a Swiss Army knife that you can throw in there and just try to trip him up for a few shots? I think that'll that's obviously it's like the one matchup to watch because Brooklyn is going to be without Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, I'm pretty sure that Joe Harris is hurt. Um, so you know, it's it's just going to be, and it's and the stakes are high for the Hornets right now. Can they perform uh, when when the, the the heat gets hot? Well, and, and the other thing, I, I guess, while continuing to look at the center spot for Brooklyn, they did acquire Andre Drummond. So Andre Drummond, he's been averaging what seems to be about 20 minutes per game. He put up 29 minutes against Milwaukee. Didn't watch doesn't that. Scare, doesn't scare me at this point. Well, and Andre used to be a Hornets killer because he's going to gobble up all the rebounds there, too. But played 17 against Boston, played 20 against Miami, the two most recent games for them. Only eight, six points. I wonder if Milwaukee, they just wanted to go with Andre because Milwaukee's a good rebounding team. They've got Giannis. They've got, you know, some size there to work with. Um, but, you know, they're playing Nick Claxton. Like, it, it's it's that three-man rotation. LaMarcus Aldridge, Nick Claxton, uh, Andre Drummond, you know, kind of all in the same neighborhood of minutes. So, you know, what are going to be the matchups there? Does Drummond play more against well, the Hornets? You, because and he's and that's why I think pace of play is huge because if you outrun these if you outrun these guys, if you let them get into mm -hmm. their half-court defense, it becomes a lot more difficult to score against them. So I think pace of play is going to be huge. And, and I think, um, you know, I'll be watching, obviously, the matchup with Kevin Durant. So those are the things we're watching for. Want to talk about some bet online numbers? Look at the line for this game: Hornets plus three, and the over/under is two thirty-nine. It's the highest scoring over/under uh, on, on the night. Uh, so they, you know, Vegas expects this to be a high-scoring affair. Uh, Walker plus three. You know what I say? Don't bet. <laughs> never bet on the Hornets. <laughs> so you're gonna force me to. Uh, but uh, Vegas has been surprisingly pretty good at at predicting. Uh, Hornet success or failure. So Hornets, they're giving the Hornets three points here. Who you got? I hate making picks. You know, give me the Hornets. Brooklyn, Brook, Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn not three. playing well. You know, they well they they lost Taking to Boston. Points. You said what? Taking the points. Yeah, give me the points. Give me the points with Charlotte. You know, man, Brooklyn they have been bad. You know, they and you talk about you know just defensively, they gave up 133 to Toronto. As we've talked about the Raptors, you know, not playing yeah, but, very good basketball. They gave up 126 to Boston, 50 to Jason Tatum. You know, even Miami, you know, who is a really, really good defensive team, they scored 113 in, in that latest matchup. Hornets can score, you know, so give me at least hopefully they're hitting their shots. I'll 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 take the points with this. Um, what about you? Where are you taking? I'm taking the Hornets. All right, perfect. Yep, <laughs> true. The true fanboy podcast. We're going with the Hornets <laughs> against the Brooklyn Nets. They're on a roll right now. They Come are. on. I, I I went Hornets with you. I I am only making fun of myself as well. 
Um, before we end real quickly, there's this other Jalen McDaniel stat. I wanted to, I'm just playing. I'm not going to do that. Too. I promise that'll do it for lockdown. Hornets. Thanks for joining us every single day. Uh, now make your second, listen, locked on NBA locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your pods. Have a great rest of your day. West Wednesday tomorrow. Make sure you check it out. Bye-bye.